Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The vision and the purpose of Calvary Live is to give you a place where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and anything else going on in your life that you'd like prayer for or pastoral advice about. And we're here to take those calls and answer those questions. So we would love to hear from you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Here at the beginning of the show is always kind of the best time to call in uh, because we have open lines right at the front of the end of the show here, and so it's a great time to get on if you've been having a question or something going on in your life that you'd love to talk about. We want to hear from you, so do give us a call. We want to welcome all of you who are listening here in Colorado and into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. You are listening to this program live, and um, we're so glad that you tuned in today. We also want to welcome our listeners on the East Coast on Hope FM in uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and also those who are listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Thanks for tuning in today. We're so glad that you're with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay, but we would love to hear from you. We'd love for you to call in, and uh, we can answer your questions from the show you're listening to in your area, or you can even uh, ask a question. It's totally unrelated. We'd love to have you call in. And you guys who are listening on delay, just remember, you have a unique opportunity to get to listen to yourself the following week on the radio. So a big hello also to everybody who listens online. We know there's so many of you who listen via the Grace FM app, uh, mobile app. So you can go ahead and get that for your phone or your tablet. It's totally free. Just go in whatever app store you use for your device and type in Grace FM in the search bar and it should come right up. You can put it on your device and you can listen live uh, to this program and all the other shows here on Grace FM, wherever you are in the U.S. or in the world. And uh, we know there's so many of you who do that, so we want to welcome all of you who are listening online right now. Um, we're glad that you tune in every day, and we'd love it if you'd help us spread the word online and to your friends about this show and about this app and, and all the different ways to listen. You can also always listen on our website, gracefm.com. You can just click the Listen Live button. So uh, if you're sitting at your desk during the day or whatever it is that you do, you can always listen to the program wherever you're at. A few things about myself before we go any further. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And we are a church that loves the Bible and we love worshiping Jesus. We gather in downtown Longmont. So for those of you familiar with Longmont, Colorado, we are right downtown in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, which is just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue. So we're right on the northwest corner of 
Long's Peak and Kaufman. So Long's Peak and Kaufman, the northwest corner, and we're right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is our city park here in Longmont. So we're really centrally located. In fact, just in front of our building, in the grassy area in front of our building, is where all of the parades and everything from the city of Longmont take off. So it's very central location, and we would love to have you join us. If you are in Longmont, or if you know somebody who lives in Longmont, send them our way. And if you... Um, if you live in any of the surrounding communities around Longmont, whether it's Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Lafayette, Erie, Boulder, or if you live in Lyons, we would love to have you come and worship with us sometime at Whitefields and be a part of what God's doing in our church. So you can check us out online if you'd like more information or ways to contact us. The website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And on our website there, you can also listen to some of our messages, our past sermons. And you can also hear our sermons every weekday here on Grace FM at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So Tuesday, or every weekday, 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. The show is called Life in the Field, and that's an allusion to how we live our lives on mission with God in His mission field. Let's go to our first caller, who's Jordan in Pennsylvania. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, so my question is regarding uh, my pastor's sermon this past Sunday. It was about uh, heaven and um, basically got into the afterlife. Mm -hmm. um, so the first part of what he talked about is where we go when we die, um, now, I believe it says that uh, we fall asleep, um, but my pastor said that there's two heavens. So there's uh, a heaven that when believers die, they go to currently, and then there's going to be uh, a new heaven and a new earth when God uh, judges everyone that he's going to create, and then we will go to that one after. Um so that's the first part of my question. I was just wondering, is, is, that, um, uh, is, is that what will happen, or is that like the—I've never actually heard that there's two heavens before, so um, yeah. that's my first question. All righty, I can, I can answer that one. Do you want to hit me with your second question at the same time? Maybe I can answer both of them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, second question is <clears throat> regarding non-believers and the final judgment. Um, so I know that um, every knee— will bow and every tongue will confess, and that non-believers will obviously go to uh, destination of eternity without God, um, hell. Uh, but is, is, the final, is the final judgment um, where everyone will be, all of humanity together at one time, bowing down before the judgment seat of God, in which case... To me, that would indicate that everyone would have to obviously die first before that would happen. Um, so, do non-believers go go to hell immediately, or um, will there be some place that you know there everyone is uh, quote unquote asleep, and then the final judgment happens, and then people go to their uh, eternal destinations? Okay, so let me answer uh, all these questions for you. I think I can. I think I can do this. So please tell me 
if I miss something that you that I'm not answering. Okay, so here's the deal. That that phrase, you know, they fall asleep. This is a phrase that's used like in First Corinthians 15. Um, it's talked about in First Thessalonians chapter four in regard to believers who have died. And the point there yep. is that they haven't truly died. I mean, yes, they they've died physically, but their soul is still alive and the end of their life here on earth is not the end of them. And so this is kind of a saying that early Christians used to say. They're not really dead. They've just fallen asleep and they will rise again, which was, of course, according to Christian belief that, that that's what will happen to us. Um, so there's that. There's that phrase. And so I don't want you to get too hung up on that phrase or maybe go off on a, on a tangent because of that phrase. So just take that phrase for what it is. It's a euphemism that is talking about physical death but the christian belief that when we die physically we are not that's not the end of us we have an eternal soul that will go on living the question is and everybody has that right everybody will live forever the question is where and that gets to your next part of your question and so your your pastor was correct i hope that uh, he explained it well but let me kind of try and fill in any gaps that might have been left or any confusion okay so uh, I had a question about this like a week or two ago, so I'm going to try and just recall what I said to that person. Here's what we see. I'm going to uh, have you check out a place like, uh, let's see, Luke chapter 16, where there's a story okay. of the rich man and Lazarus. And that kind of gives us a little bit of insight into um, heaven and hell prior to Jesus's resurrection. So here's the deal. The Old Testament talks about something called Sheol. Now, Sheol is the general term for the dwelling place of the dead. So Sheol, right, everybody, whether you're a believer, non-believer, whether you're faithful, unfaithful, you go to Sheol. But Sheol is divided, prior to Jesus' resurrection, divided into two sections. On the one hand, you have one section, and this is reflected in Luke 16, by the way, uh, called Abraham's bosom. And Abraham's bosom, it says there, is a place of comfort for those who die in faith. So what we would say is that, um, let's say, believer, Old Testament saints, right? So we're talking about people like uh, the people listed in Hebrews 11 who died in faith, right? So Moses, we're talking about Abraham, we're talking about uh, these kind of people. People who die in faith prior to Jesus' death and resurrection. They would go to Sheol, the dwelling place of the dead, and their soul would go into this place called Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort as they await the fulfillment of God's promise to bring redemption to their souls through the Messiah. Okay, so they're there in that part. Now, there's uh, another part of Sheol, which is called Hades or hell, which is also mentioned there in Luke 16. And that part, it says, is a place of torment while those people await their ultimate judgment. So I guess you could say both these places are kind of like holding cells, or we might call them waiting rooms in a, in a way, for what is coming later. But at the same time that they're in those waiting rooms or holding cells, on the one hand, those in Abraham's bosom were experiencing comfort, while, whereas those in Hades and hell were experiencing torment. And we see that, uh, and that there's a, a chasm between the two which cannot be crossed. That's talked about there in Luke 16. But then here's, we have two other verses in the New Testament. One of them is in Ephesians chapter 4, and one of them is in one of Peter's epistles, and I can't remember right off the top of my head the exact verse, but Ephesians 4 for sure, and the other one's in one of Peter's epistles where it talks about how Jesus, actually I think in both of Peter's epistles he mentions what Jesus did after his death, but they mention two different things. 
In Ephesians 4, he mentions how Jesus went, um, descended, and then ascended, and he brought those uh, who were captive in his train. So the idea here is this, that Jesus, when he died, he descended into Sheol, and he released the captives who were in Abraham's bosom, and he took them to the immediate presence of God, their souls. So he emptied, so to say, Abraham's bosom. And so what that means is this. If, if a believer dies today, they do not go to a place like Abraham's bosom. They go immediately to the immediate presence of God. This is why, why Paul says, you know, to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. And uh, why we see in Revelation that the people who die during the tribulation period are then there in heaven around the throne of God. Right, So if okay. you were to die and you're a believer today, you would go to the immediate presence of God. Your soul would. And okay. Um, okay, so let's talk about those who are not believers. If a person who's not a believer dies today, uh, it says, I believe this is in Second Peter, but you can check my references later. But definitely it's in First or Second Peter. Uh, I think it's in Second Peter where it says that Jesus descended into hell and he actually preached to those who were in captivity but you'll notice that they're in captivity, and he mentions the time of Noah. These are not people. He's not preaching a message of salvation to them. He's preaching a message of condemnation to them, a message of judgment to them. Uh, so he preached to those who were in captivity. And, and so that's really what happened. Jesus, during that time, he releases those who are in uh, Abraham's bosom, takes them to the immediate presence of God. Those who are in Hades or hell, they remain there, and they wait for the day of final judgment. And so if someone were to die today apart from faith, they would not go to purgatory, uh, nor would they go to anywhere else. They would go to Hades or hell, which is essentially a place of torment, which is itself a waiting room for the final judgment. And so here's what's going to happen at the final judgment, is that um, Hades will be emptied, and those who have died in faith will stand before the throne of God, the throne, the Bema seat, which was referred to in 2 Corinthians 6, which is the seat of rewards. The other people will stand before a different throne of God. That is the throne for judgment. And it says that those who are still alive will also, uh, you know, then they will not necessarily die. Well, I, I mean, I don't know how it will exactly happen, but they will also stand before the throne of God. And Matthew's gospel describes, Jesus describes in chapter 25, about how the sheep and the goats will be divided in two different groups for two different kinds of judgment, right? So those who die in faith and, and have embraced the gospel will face a judgment for their uh, actions. It will be a judgment for reward. It will be a positive judgment. Whereas those who die apart from faith in Jesus' work for them will face a judgment for their sins uh, because we who've died in faith in Jesus, he's taken the punishment for our sins. And then what will happen after that is that Rather than um, heaven, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So this is what your pastor was talking about, and he's yeah. right. And this is described in the end of the book of Revelation. But the other thing that's described in the book of Revelation, it says that hell and Hades, which is really the same thing, right? So uh, there's two words for the same thing. Hades will be emptied into the lake of fire, and it says that will be the second death. Okay. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So after the final judgment, that's when everything will be culminated. New heavens, new earth, and hell and Hades is dumped into the lake of fire, the second death. Okay. 
All right, yeah, that explains it a lot better. Uh, cool. I think I just got a little misconstrained uh, during the sermon, and he didn't get into the parts about hell, so that's I, that's uh, that's new to me. That's very interesting. Yeah, and check it out too. I mean, I think that as you as you'll read Revelation, it'll that'll become very clear to you that that's exactly what it's saying. Okay. All righty. Thanks for your question. Right. God bless you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate right. it. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have two open lines. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Christy in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. I'm calling because I on Calvary Live something about David and Saul and Saul was seeking David's life then he takes David back into court and everything's fine for a while and then an evil spirit from the Lord comes down on Saul and makes him ready to kill David again and I have heard in the past in Old Testament things about an evil spirit from the Lord or something like that and I was curious what that meant because it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's just think about it in these terms. Um, evil spirits, right? So spirits, that means angels and fallen angels who are demons, evil spirits, uh, from the Lord. Uh, ultimately, all created things are under God's control. And so it is likely that this evil spirit was part of God's judgment upon Saul for his disobedience. Remember that Saul had disobeyed God on two different occasions. And therefore, it says that God removed his spirit from Saul and he allowed this evil spirit to torment him. And mm. um, so it's it's quite likely, right, that like in the book of Job, where we see that Satan and his demons wanted to attack Job and God kind of put some parameters aw- around what he allowed them to do. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's likely that the, we have a similar case with Saul where you know, they want to attack Saul, and now God is giving them permission to do so. And in a way, I guess you could say that he does that in our lives as well. But here's what's interesting. And, and I could go, I try not to go too far off on a tangent here, but there's a, a great thing it says in Colossians about how God has um, triumphed over all spirits, principalities, evil forces, and he has led them in his train and basically led them in the ultimate humiliation. And um, it says he's put them to public shame, is the way it puts it. And the picture that okay. the um, writer, which is Paul there, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what's he, what he's describing is actually something which was done historically, which was that, let's say, if you were uh, the Roman army and you went out to battle or some army attacked you and you were victorious in battle, what you would do is not only would you take those soldiers captive, but you would strip them naked and you would make them walk, you know, all the way back to your capital city. And then there would be like a parade and they would you know, have these guys tied up naked and they would walk them through the main street of their city. And, you know, the citizens of the city would come out and they would jeer at them and they would maybe throw rotten vegetables at them. And it was just like... <laughs> even worse than losing a battle is that you were then humiliated after the battle. 
right, and, right, and right. it actually says that there in Colossians that that is basically what God does to the evil spirits. Not only has he conquered them and been victorious, but now he puts them to public shame. And you wonder, well, how does he do that? Well, I believe the way that God puts the evil forces to public shame is that he turns around and uses them almost like a dog on a chain, right? In the sense of like, he gives them permission how far they can go and what they can do. And in the life of a believer in particularly, he uses them for his own purposes. And that's the ultimate shame, right? Like if you're a demon and your whole goal is to thwart the plans of God and God says, okay, well, I'll let you do this thing. And you're like, yay, I get to cause destruction. So you go out there and do that thing. <laughs> and then you realize that the very thing that you did only served to further God's purposes. It's the mm. ultimate humiliation. Mm. And so there's wow. a, and, and you know, there's another sense here in which you could think about Pharaoh. You remember Pharaoh and it says that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And yet it right. says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. And, and so the picture we get here is like, okay, who hardened Pharaoh's heart? Did Pharaoh harden his own heart? Yes. Did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Yes. But it was at this point where Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh's mind had been made up. He had resisted God and God said, okay, Pharaoh, you made your choice. And now I'm going to use you to fulfill my purpose. And, um, you know, I, I can see something similar there with, Saul, where it's like, okay, Saul, you made your choice. You know, grace, mercy, patience, these are not givens. These are grace, right? So they're not deserved. And so God is saying, right. okay, Saul, you had a chance, and now I am going to uh, fulfill my purpose through you in David's life and in the life of the uh, nation of Israel. And that's going to include, um, you know, this evil spirit uh, tormenting you. Okay. Okay. That's really interesting. Thank you very much. I'll be chewing on that for a while. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you, Christy, for calling in. God bless you. Thank you. Sure. Right, bye, bye. bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We are coming up on our mid-show break, but we've got plenty of time left in the program, and we've got two open lines, so we'd love to hear from you. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If there's something maybe you've been reading and struggling to understand or something you've always wondered about, we'd love for you to call in. Or if there's something going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or have prayer for or talk about, we'd love to hear from you on those topics as well. Give us a call at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. We've got Two open lines, so definitely would love to hear from you. Let's go to our next caller, Tim in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I was wondering if you could pray for me and my wife. We've, we're both unemployed, and we're facing being evicted in a couple of weeks. And uh, we're going to have to move in with our wife's uh, parents uh, okay. in Woodbridge, Virginia. And... Um, I was just wondering if you could pray that things would go that well there, that we would find another job and be able to move back out on our own. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, I pray for Tim. I pray for his wife. 
I pray for them, Lord, that you would provide for them, provide for their needs. Lord, you know their needs even before they ask them. And we know that you know very well what they're going through right now. You know uh, every moment you've been there with them. You've seen it all take place. And uh, you're there with, with, uh, with these guys. So, Lord, I pray that you would, uh, not only, Lord, would they sense your presence, but, Lord, that they would experience your provision in their lives. So, Lord, I ask that you'd provide jobs for them. You'd provide for them financially. Lord, I pray that, uh, I thank you that they do have a place to go to if uh, they are evicted. But, Lord, we trust in, uh, in your ways in all these things. And so, Lord, I offer them up to you. I ask that you would provide for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Absolutely, Tim. God bless you. Right, Bye-bye. You know, just a, a thought on what Tim was talking about, this hardship in his life that he's going through. I heard a great quote from Charles Spurgeon, and I thought, Wow, I'm going to share this on Sunday when I preach, but I also want to share it with you guys. Uh, somebody, you know, Spurgeon said this. He goes, what if somebody asked me, if someone was coming at you with a knife, what would you do or how would you feel? And he said, well, that would depend on who that person was. If it was a burglar in a dark alley coming at me with a knife, well, then, of course, I would be scared and I'd be defensive and I'd be worried. He goes, but on the other hand, if it was a doctor coming at me with a knife and he was a surgeon and he was there to save my life or to, to do some operation on me, well, then I would feel differently about that uh, person coming at me with a knife. I would feel a sense of uh, comfort. I might not like the pain that comes with the surgery, but I would be comfortable knowing that I was in good hands uh, with somebody who was cutting me not to hurt me, but to heal me. And I thought, man, that is just such a, a profound insight. And so when, we, when it comes to God, and yes, there are times in our lives where it feels like we're being cut with a knife, but who is the one who is cutting us and how should we respond according? If it is God who is coming, we know his character, we know his goodness, and we know that he never cuts us to hurt us. He never cuts us arbitrarily. He always cuts us to heal us like a surgeon, to remove those cancerous parts that need to be removed that are ultimately going to hurt us and kill us. And so we trust in God in that way. And I thought that was just a great example. So Tim, if you're still listening or anyone else who's going through a hard time, maybe facing some difficulties, uh, I really encourage you to take solace in that truth. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts on the air. We are coming up on our break in about uh, less than two minutes, uh, mid-show break, but now is a great time for you to call in. We have all open lines. We've got some texts that have come in, which we'll answer on the other side of the break, but we'd love to hear uh, from some more callers, so do give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that is 720-336-0897. Hey, let me tell you right before the break about something that I'm involved with um, that I'm excited about. It's called the Expositors Collective. We've done several events. So what the Expositors Collective is, is a group of pastors and teachers um, who are committed to investing in the next generation of up-and-coming Bible preachers. And so what we do is we do events around the country and, and soon to be around the world where we do a 
two-day events where we do kind of an intensive preaching seminar for those who feel perhaps called. I mean, some, sometimes you get people who say, I don't know if this is God's calling in my life, but I'm interested. And so young people who are interested in uh, pursuing if this is God's calling on their life. And um, so we also have a podcast for the Expositors Collective. And for the past two weeks, um, they have highlighted some interviews and talks that I've given at uh, the different events, Expositors Collective events, and also um, just an interview that I did with another one of the leaders from the Expositors Collective. And I would really recommend you guys go check it out. It was just, um, you know, we tell some of our story about how we began as preachers, some of the early mistakes that we made. And, um, you know, I don't know about you, but I always love hearing about people's mistakes. And so you can go and check that out. So go to expositorscollective.com. And then if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a link for the podcast. But the other thing you can do is on your um, on your iPhone or Android phone, if you have an, uh, a podcast app, just go in there, type in Expositors Collective, and it'll come right up. And check out episode 45. That's the one that came out today, and uh, that'll be that'll be, uh, hopefully it's enjoyable. I think it was a great conversation. Hey, we're going to be back in two minutes' time with more of Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm here with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If there's something, for example, that you've been reading and you're curious about what it means or unsure, we'd love to discuss it with you and answer any questions you have about the Bible, but also about your life. If there's things going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or talk about, we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Before we go to our next caller, you know, right before the break, I was telling you about the Expositors Collective that we're a part of. And not only that, but that we have a, a great podcast for the Expositors Collective that you can uh, go and check out on your, you know, if you're a podcast listener, or you can go to the website there and listen to it online, expositorscollective.com. But the thing I want to tell you about is that I know there's so many of you listening out on the East Coast, the area around like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and in the Maryland is that our next Expositors Collective event coming up in the third week of September is going to be in Howell, New Jersey. Now, I've never been to Howell, New Jersey, but I hear it's a really, really nice place, and it's really close to uh, both New York City and Philadelphia. So if you are listening and you are anywhere near Howell, New Jersey, we would love for you to come out and be part of the Expositors Collective. We are in the process of updating our website right now, but that's all going to be posted on there very soon. But you can go ahead and check it out even now. It's expositorscollective.com and next event coming up in September in Howell, New Jersey. Let's go to our next caller, Don in New Jersey. Hi, Don. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely. What's up? Uh, you name it. It just seems like over the last seven, eight years of my life, ten years of my life, everything is constantly going downhill. Um, I'm 61 years old, been married since I was 19, my wife was 18, um, had a wonderful marriage, everything was going good, 
over the last years, uh, my wife, we lost like five family members, my grandmother, my father, her mother, her sister. Uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, went through the breast cancer, and now she has really severe bone damage from the chemo and the radiation. Uh, they're actually checking for bone cancer now to make sure that it hasn't spread to that. Um, and suffering from severe depression because of all this. Can, can but not only me? that, we bought our house 32 years or 33 years ago, had been paying our mortgage, had a mortgage service company that would send us letters periodically from India because they're global, and the office we had was uh, centered out of India, stating that our mortgage had been sold and just signed the paper and send it back. Well, a few months ago, we ended up getting a letter saying, you know, your mortgage is due. We were figuring we were paying our house off. Here all along, they were lying and stealing and remortgaging our house. Wow. And we ended up getting evicted out of our house. My wife's ready to have a nervous breakdown. This company has like 300,000 class action lawsuits against them, uh, hundreds of thousands of regular lawsuits against them. Uh, the lawyers tell us that we'll definitely win, but... In the meantime, we've lost our house. Um, my wife's ready to have a nervous breakdown. I'm going crazy, uh, and it just—I don't know what to do. I'm a, the Lord is my Lord and Savior. I pray every day, all day. I, I thank Him when I'm a contractor. I thank Him for things that turn out right and jobs that turn out right, and I ask Him for forgiveness. And I, but it just seems like I don't, can't understand why things just keep going downhill and downhill and downhill. And it just seems like there's no end to it, yeah. Yeah. So can you just remind me, you, you had mentioned somebody being sick with uh, cancer. Was that your wife or was it your wife's mother? My wife had uh, breast cancer. Um, what was supposedly all right with that, but now the chemo and the radiation has did so much bone damage. She has degenerative oh. bone disease. Right. And now they're checking to make sure the cancer hasn't spread to her bones. Okay. But her sister died a few years ago of lung cancer, who was three years younger than her. Um, and when she was our only sibling, but it just seems like over the last like 10 years, just everything just keeps going downhill. I mean, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't. Well, Don, I, let me. I just can't understand why everything just is constantly going downhill. Gotcha. You know? Don, let me pray for you, and then I do have some thoughts to share with you. So, but let's pray first. Thank Holy Father, you. I pray for Don and his wife. I thank you for their their faith in you in the midst of these trials. Lord, I uh, I pray that you would give them the strength to persevere and to stand up under these difficult things and to continue looking to Jesus because truly that is our only hope. And uh, thank you, Lord, that you are our only hope in life and death. Um, and we look forward to the resurrection, Lord, that is to come for the believers. Lord, we look forward to the new life, the new heavens and the new earth where things will be right. But Lord, I do ask that you would give strength and comfort to Don and his wife right now. Lord, give them a, a special degree, like your word talks about having a gift of faith. Lord, I pray that you would you give them the spiritual gift of faith and Lord, they would abound in hope because of the faith that they have. And so Lord, help them... Uh, like a good farmer, as your word says, to keep uh, their hand to the plow, even when they don't yet see um, what it is working for them, but believing and trusting that it will come. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Hey, Don, just a few thoughts. You know, this past Sunday I taught on James chapter 4. I'm teaching through James right now. Uh, right, I'm actually finishing it this coming Sunday, but this past several weeks I've been teaching through James. And I taught four chapter 13, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 13 through chapter 5, verse 6 this past Sunday. And the title of the message was, What is Your Life? Because that's a question James literally asks here. And what he says in this is he says, uh, you know, you people who say today or tomorrow we're going to go and do this and that. You know, you're making all your plans for your life, which is a good thing to do. But he says, hey, look, you don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You are but a mist that appears for a short time and then vanishes. You know, it's funny. I I think in a way that when you first read that, I think if you're really honest, that comes across a little bit like a, a disappointing definition of life, doesn't it? Because you expect yeah. him to say something yeah. like, what is your life? Oh, you are, you know, you are the most dangerous, most important, you know, God has so much potential for your life. And, and what does James say instead? He says, you know what your life is? You're like a mist. You're like the air freshener in the bathroom, right? You blow it, you, 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 you squirt it. And then it shows up. It's gone in two seconds. He goes, that's mm -hmm. your life right there. And we think, man, James, that is a depressing definition of life but you know what i'm here to tell you that is actually one of the most hopeful most encouraging definitions of life for a couple reasons uh, the reason is this because as we were saying the previous caller when your life here is over that is not the end of you the bible teaches that consistently Definitely not. Yep. and so here's what it is it means that this life right now in which for example you guys are suffering a lot this life is a moment it's going to last for two seconds in the big picture of eternity. And after this comes forever. Mm -hmm. Forever is a really long time. And that gives us hope in, in a couple different ways. One of the ways is this. Uh, Paul refers to the afflictions in his life as light and momentary afflictions. And you think, well, maybe Paul didn't know what the kind of afflictions that I know. Well, I think he did actually, right? Like he was yeah. beaten to death, put in jail, like for something he didn't even do you know he, mm -hmm. he did really ex he had a chronic illness it seems of some sort whether it's in his eyes or some part of his body a thorn in the flesh and yet he says you know these light and momentary afflictions are nothing worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us and and that is not at all to diminish suffering in this earth it is just to put it in perspective and to help us say okay this isn't going to last forever. That's the hope we have as Christians, that there is truly a day coming when all tears will be wiped away, when all sickness will be done forever. And mm -hmm. whether your mist lasts for one and a half seconds or whether it lasts for two seconds or maybe it only lasts for one second, it's still a mist that is a relatively short amount of time. And so what that means is that the purpose of our life, if if life is just a mist that appears for a couple seconds then is gone, then that means that my purpose in life, my goal, is not to have my best life now. Like, I feel sorry for somebody who says, my goal in life is to have my best life now. No way. As a Christian, our, our goal, our, we know that our best life is to come, and therefore we live this life w with a purpose. And that purpose is, you say to God, like one of my mentors used to put it this way, he would say, God, my life, I just want to be a penny in your pocket that you can spend wherever and however it pleases you most. And, you know, if, if the way that pleases him most to spend me in this life is um, 
is by being successful Fortune 500 CEO. Well, okay. And if his, the way that he wants to spend my <laughs> life is somewhere else, okay. Because my life is, is his. I do not belong to myself. and I'm not trying to seek to have my best life. I'm seeking to do his will in whatever circumstances he puts me in and be a witness for him in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Don, and it makes, it makes a lot of sense with Paul, like you said, going through something that he wasn't even guilty of because of us losing the house. We paid our mortgage for 33 years, and this company can't even practice in like 20 states in the United States anymore. And they say yeah. that they won't be able to practice in any of them in the very near future. So it really kind of ties together, Paul, with that, you know, that, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong, but it's part of life, I guess. And that's what I keep trying to tell myself is that, no matter how bad I think I have it, there there are so many people to have it worse. So, you know, but it just seems like it keeps going on forever. Yeah, and Don, I would tell you that um, I'm in no way am I saying that, hey, your problems aren't that bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I, what I want you to know is that, in fact, the Bible would say this, your problem, like injustice, like you guys experienced, is really bad. And, mm-hmm. in fact, it's so bad, and God is so upset by it that he came to this world and took on human flesh so that one day he could end it forever. And right. so I in no way want to diminish it. I just want to help you understand it in light of the gospel. But uh, Don, Absolutely. you're really going through it and I really pray that God strengthens you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor. God bless you. I really you. appreciate it and you spread some light on it. So thank you very much. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to our next caller, Samuel in Pennsylvania. Hi, Samuel. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. What's up? Um, I'm, I'm 18. I'm in high school. I'm really excited to get out there and start spreading the gospel, start spreading the news, and I can do that, and I'm doing that now. Um, where I'm at. But what I notice is in a world where people are increasingly becoming, quote-unquote, intellectual, they, they try to find their way around everything, they, people are pointing out to me more and more the, the inconsistencies or seeming inconsistencies of the Bible. Yeah. And often I'm stuck. I say, well, that is a, a pretty tough one, and, and I don't know where to go with that. And I was, I'm just wondering, do you know of any really good resource that would cover uh, and any possible inconsistencies or any possible, um, anything that could appear inconsistent in the Bible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a really great resource, kind of a, the classic uh, go-to resource. I actually used to keep a copy of it on my desk when I was doing the show here. But uh, I, I don't do that anymore. But um, I would really recommend you pick this book up. It's called When Critics Ask, and it's by Norman Geisler and Thomas Howe. So it's called When Critics Ask, a popular handbook on Bible difficulties. And I think Mm. it's a little bit of a misleading title. Call it a handbook because it's a pretty thick book. But it is also very useful. Like it basically goes through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and gives you all of the, um, you know, so-called Bible difficulties. But also like you're talking about the apparent... uh, you know, discontinuities between different mm-hmm. Bible verses, particularly like when it comes to 
there's some numbers, right? Like one, like in Chronicles, it'll say this, but in Kings, it'll say that. And then there's stuff like in the Gospels, where one Gospel account says this, and the other one says it slightly differently. Yeah, yeah. Now, most of those aren't actually inconsistencies. What you have there is that you have, especially when it comes to Luke and John, what you mm. have is that uh, Matthew and Mark were written earlier, probably Mark being the first one that was formally finished. And huh. they, they both used a common source, which is known in these, you know, circles, like intellectual, not intellectual, I say scholarly circles. It's known as Q. Q is kind of the proto-gospel, meaning it was kind of the notes that people were taking and then kind of assembled. It was the rough draft, I guess you could say. Huh. And then wow. the, uh, yeah, so if you read up on this, you mean Q is, it's generally recognized that Matthew and Mark used uh, a common source. But then also they went off of the common source and they used other things which were eyewitness accounts from people who were in their circles, right? So Mark is, is basically giving us Peter's account of hmm. Jesus' life. Um, Matthew, of course, being one of Jesus' disciples, he's giving an account which is his own, which of course has its own unique focus. And then Luke writing years later, and he's using some of the same sources as Matthew and Mark, but he's also using eyewitness accounts that he himself went out and investigated. And but mm. the, the deal with Luke that, that's so interesting is that, you know, Luke knew about Matthew, Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel. And so as he's writing, he's like, for example, Matthew talks about the Sermon on the Mount. Well, Luke talks about a very similar teaching that Jesus gave, and he calls it the Sermon on the Plain. And some people say, well, was it on a mountain or was it on a plain? And some people have argued, well, it was on a flat spot on the mountain. Well, I, I don't think so, because actually some of the things he says in the sermon are slightly different than what how Matthew has Jesus saying those same things. That isn't because they're discrepancies. What that means is that, you know, it says in uh, Matthew's gospel and, and in Mark 2, it says that Jesus went all around the region of Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to from village to village, you probably want everybody to hear the same message. So it's not like he was preaching a unique sermon, probably, in each and every town. He would preach similar things with probably, probably like me, right? If I go around, like like I've been on uh, teaching trips before abroad where I'll have a couple messages and I'll preach them at different churches. But every time I preach it, I preach it a little bit differently, but the core is, is basically the same. Hmm. And so it's this is generally held that this is what Jesus did and what the Sermon on the Mount represents is a summary of Jesus' core teachings. And then the Sermon on the Plain, Luke is saying, okay, but um, there was another time he taught a very similar thing, but it's in a different location that had a little bit different emphasis. All that to say, um, that is a, uh, most of these apparent discrepancies are very easily answered. They're not really yeah. that difficult. And that's what, uh, but that's a great resource to help you see how that's, um, you know, just kind of, it's a go-to resource. So when critics ask by Norman Geisler and um, Thomas Howe, here's another one for you that's uh, online, is yeah. a friend, friend of mine r runs this apologetics ministry based in California. He's sometimes out in Colorado and, and he travels all over the country. Um, his name is Charlie Campbell and his website is called Always Be Ready. So always be ready, um, dot com, and he has one. He has topics listed on the left side on a bar. You'll notice them if you go to that website. And he has one called Bible difficulties, 
and in there he has a oh a, like a hundred links to different things and also just a wow. great great resource for you to use so awesome yeah, let me pray thank for you, you so much. and then I'll let you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Samuel. Lord, please use him. I thank you for his heart to share your word. Please help him. Give him some good resources and tools and, and anoint him with your spirit to share your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Samuel. Thanks for calling in. You as well. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. We are going to go to our next caller, Joel, who has a, a follow-up to Samuel's uh, call. So let's go to Joel real quick. Hey, Joel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? doing well. So you had some follow-up to um, Samuel's call? That's correct. So the, the book you mentioned by Geisler is excellent, by the way, and he actually wrote a series, uh, three of them. So there's When cult- Cultists uh, Ask, When Skeptics Ask, and When Critics Ask. Okay. Uh, and all three deal with uh, similar uh, Bible passages and misinterpretations. Uh, and then there's a final book, Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. Mm. Uh, and all, all four of those put together are fairly comprehensive as far as the typical questions you might get. So I didn't know that that was a series. I had no idea. That's really cool. I only have the <laughs> When Critics Ask one. So you're saying there's one called When Skeptics Ask. What, what would be the difference between those two? Uh, I think it's just the emphasis that they place on the, the, the scriptural question. Uh, what, what what line of questioning they're using with it, just like a cultist will have his own way of reinterpreting the passage. In this case, the book deals it with that angle in mind. Awesome. So you're saying when critics ask, when skeptics ask, when cultists ask, and then That's there right. is the Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. Yes, yes. Awesome. Thank you. I, I bet some people are going to put those to good use. Well, hopefully. And you do a great job. Keep up the work. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We've got nine minutes left. Uh, two open lines. Maybe time for one more caller. If, you're, if you've got a question, call us at 303-690-3000. Let's go to Wayne in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Nick. Uh, pleasure to speak with you again. I closed in a few weeks ago, and uh, I just want to praise God. Thank you for everything that Hope FM and uh, my local radio station that represents uh, Calvary Chapel. I learned so much from you guys, and you're so very informative of everything. I, I'm just so ecstatic to share the station with everybody I come in contact with. Awesome. Um, my question here, I'm, I'm in Proverbs, and very much a you know, man is seeking wisdom, and I enjoy wisdom probably more than anything of, of God's gifts. And I'm on Proverbs 3, 9 through, uh, through 10. And recently I just got employed and, and have a wonderful job, and I understand of tithing and offering. But I don't know if I'm taking this to the extreme, or maybe I'm not taking it anywhere. But if you can help me help explain uh, what the, the Lord, or what, what is being said or asked of, of honoring the Lord with thy substance, with the first fruits of all thine increase. Um, you know, nowadays, you know, you know, people are out of work, and, you know, they once get back to work, and, you know, they're kind of a little bit behind the bills, and I'm just going to be a perfect example. Um, you know, I'm one of those people, and I'm like, hey, my mortgage is due, Lord, you know, do I give you my whole week's earnings? Do I give you a piece of it? Can you hold off for a little bit? Um, and is it just involving just money? 
Is it involving, you know, other other things? And what are those other things? Yeah, no, those are all really good questions. I'll tell you this. The Bible talks a ton about money. Um, you know, if you're interested, go check out the last sermon that I taught at my church, uh, whitefieldschurch.com. And um, you'll notice we, we talked about this uh, from James, talking about money and, and how all this works. We talked a, a lot about it, and it was, it was really encouraging for a lot of people, um, including myself. So um, here's one thing I'll tell you. The reason why the Bible talks about money so much, the reason why Jesus talked about money so much is because money represents value. It doesn't just um, you know, represent something you can buy something with. I mean, you work for the, that money, right? So that money represents yeah. your hard work. It represents your effort. It represents time and value. And so what you do with your money really represents what you do with your life. And so it's saying give the first fruits um, of all your produce. So you know, the principle in the Old Testament was a tithing principle that they would give into this storehouse. And uh, the storehouse, meaning literally it was a storehouse because most of these people were farmers. They were bartering rather than using straight money until later on. Uh -huh. And so they would literally bring produce into the storehouse. And the idea was you bring in 10%, you give that to the temple. And then they will either sell that for profit and then use that profit to run the temple or they'll use it in the actual temple, depending on what it was. And... Um, there's a few things with that. You know, it's one of the things that we learned from Jesus. We see like in, let's say, Matthew chapter 19, where we see the rich young ruler. What we see is that money can be an obstacle to the kingdom of God. And yet it doesn't have to be. The way that we can uh, not let money have a, a hold on us is by generosity, by giving it away. Now, the question is, how much do you give away? I do think that very similar to like the Sabbath, right? that it's an Old Testament principle which is fulfilled in Jesus, and yet it's still a good principle for us to follow. I wouldn't say that it's a, a law or a rule that we're required to follow. Rather, that's fulfilled in Jesus, so we fulfill the Sabbath by resting in Jesus. Similarly, with, with giving, I don't believe that it is um, a law, so to say, that we must give 10%, but it is a rule that we must be generous and so it, that could mean uh, more than 10%. I think that's the implication, that it should mean not that we do less, and we look for, okay, God, what's the minimum I can do for you and still make you happy or not upset with me? Rather, it's that if you take away the 10% line, somebody might actually go beyond it. But all that to say this, the idea of first fruits, I think, is really interesting because it means that you give off the top, and what that means is that if I give off the top, I basically set that as the cornerstone of my budget around which everything else I budget, it's going to shape the way that I live. And will it mean that I live differently? Yeah, and it will. Um, and the other thing I like about having a percentage thing, and, and I think it is biblical too, I think even Paul talks about this, you could see this in Paul's writing, is it means that it's going to be appropriate for the amount of money that you actually make, right? So um, if you make a lot of money, then that it's proportional, however much you make or however little you make. Now, and what happens is, will you have to live differently if you tithe? Yes, you will. And that is exactly the point. And I think that's the point that a lot of people miss. Is they yeah, think, oh, well. That's something I, I truly understand. And, and just to testify, you know, there's been weeks where I've only, you know, I understand to give humbly. You know, and, you know, five, ten dollars here and there, um, give or take. 
And, you know, weeks have gone by and, and prayed on it. And I just want to do testify that, um, you know, the Lord does provide where, you know, I've gotten a couple extra hundred dollars just unanimously from other church members or other followers or other uh, people that I, I believe are believers of God. Um, you know, even, you know, just giving off a hundred dollars, you know, a week later, somebody gave me a thousand dollars and just said, hey, you know, I, I don't need anything back. Thank you for, you know, being you. Wow. You know, so That's it's awesome. You know, I guess kind of drawing the line in between there, um, and, and, the, and the belief is just like, okay, yeah, he does provide proficiently. Um, this uh, Philippians 4, 4.10, I think it is, um, that really expresses that and really comforts my mind on a day-to-day basis um, in the workplace that I'm doing. Um, so what other things, other is that is that um, verse particularly pertaining to money, or, or is there other substances... Yeah, um, that they're expressing. Yeah, that's a great question, and I'm probably gonna have to finish with this because we really are at the end mm-hmm. of our show. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I guess I'll say this: that I think that can be other things in your life. Uh, I think it does pertain mostly to money, but I think it can be other things. I think you should give the first fruits of your labors. I think you should give the first fruits of your energy. I think that you should give, you know, of your time. <coughs> I know there are some people, you know, who are really, really hard up and they don't have money. And, um, yeah. and yeah, they should absolutely tithe with their time, their energy. Okay, yeah. so it's not just money with tithing. Right, that right. I never knew. I mean, and, I had the idea of it. You know, like, you know, let me go around and pick up some litter here. I got some time. Let me have sure. dominion over the earth and cultivate what the Lord's right. blessed me with, you know. I mean, oh, I have grass all over I've me. Got, the first uh, thing he planted. 30 seconds like, to go. Uh, I'll just yeah. say this one last thing, and that is that should you give if you're, should you tithe if you're in debt? I believe the answer is yes. I've done that myself, and it's been a great blessing. Hey, thank you for your call and and great question. God bless you. God bless you, man. Thank you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. We'll be back with you again next Monday, but you can tune in every weekday to Calvary Live. Um, God bless you, and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.